listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. I think back to my years as a college student, and I'm very grateful for the people who supported me through that, but particularly through the pastor who was right there on campus with us who supported me through that. And I know that you had a great experience like that as well. I did. And you're university pastor, just also happens to still be the university pastor there. (laughs) Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Leininger, university pastor at Concordia University, Chicago. Pastor Leininger, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. I am happy to be here and uh, happy to be still doing two decades into this. I still got my hair. It's my spiritual gift. So we're doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what exactly do you do as a university pastor? What's the role and what does that look like on a daily basis? It is a very busy and multitasking type of activity. There's the daily worship, of course, that happens in five chapel services a week and an evening communion service, and then a Sunday morning divine service, plus evening prayer offices and prayer and praise and things. So there's the worship part of it. And then secondly, there's the pastoral care and counseling part of it. Us meeting with students from all different backgrounds, guiding them in their faith, and sometimes helping them with their mental health or just general direction in life. And then we have a very active spiritual life team, and that's the campus ministry. So that's all the Bible studies and the mission trips and the concerts and retreats and outreach and all the things that happen on a Christian campus. So it is a uh, never a dull moment in the life of a campus pastor. How are you able to work through all of those, I don't know, different parts of your vocation as a campus, as a university pastor? How are you able to work through all of those avenues in order to connect with all of these students that are on campus? It is, Sarah, as you recall from your time here at Concordia Chicago, definitely a challenge because we have students at a university that come here from all different backgrounds. And in fact, we have students that come here from all over the world. Concordia Chicago is a wonderfully diverse campus community. I like to say it looks like the world we're called to serve, and it also looks like heaven's going to look, so we should probably get used to it. (laughs) But the challenge is that it's really like a microcosm of our world, and the things that a parish might struggle with in terms of, yes, we have our wonderful, rich worship life and the divine service and the, the Lutheran traditions, but then we also have people that are completely disconnected to that. So the challenge is really to get outside of ourselves establish relationship, and then begin uh, to plant the seeds of faith in people. So we, we do have some intentional programmatic things that we do with all of our students, whether it's international students or graduate students. But really, in the end, it comes down to relationships, making connections with individual people. Do you ever find that challenging, knowing that the <laughs> students are only there for you know, a a few years. Some of us might have been there longer than others, but do you ever find that challenging knowing that they're only there for a time? It it is a challenge. And also that's a thrill of it too. What, what are the things that is really wonderful about it is that I, I get them, especially the, the younger, the 18, the 22 year olds, I get them in this special time of life where they're growing, literally their frontal lobes in their brains are still growing. And I get to influence them and 
have contact with them and support them through these amazing times of college. So that's exciting. And then we send them and watch them go all over the world and serve the Lord. Some of them even go and end up doing things on the radio, for example, like KFU, something like that, <laughs> crazy things like that. But so I get them for this little time. And then the joy is to just remember that I'm helping shape them and form them t- for the rest of their lives. And so I hold on to that, but it is, it's a little difficult sometimes because you got to say goodbye to people and that, that can be a, a challenging part of it. Speaking of time, you mentioned earlier, you have been serving for two decades now mm-hmm. in this position. What have you seen change? Have you seen needs of students shift or how you approach your ministry as a university pastor? Thanks. That's a great question. Some things, of course, remain the same. The proclamation of the gospel and bringing Christ to people and serving other, serving people in love, trying to be the hearts and hands and feet of Jesus to students. So those things stay the same. I would say there is um, a, a growing challenge with uh, students' mental health. I think COVID has exasperated uh, that. And so I think, although that's always been something that many people struggle with, uh, many people of faith, uh, strong Christians uh, struggle with it. But I think it's that's something that's grown in the last few years, partly because we're more aware of it, which we should be, but partly also just the pressures of uh, the world and continued online learning and things have exasperated the struggles with people's mental health. How have you been able to meet those needs, uh, especially in the last couple of years? I, I imagine it has been very hard to be a college student in the last few years and having this unstable environment, not really knowing what's going to be happening. How have you been able to meet some of those very unique needs that have come up over the last couple of years? Yeah, thanks, Sarah. It's uh, certainly been a challenge. I think the challenge is just think about the amount of time people spend on screens and we're trying to get them off the screens. And then during the pandemic and if they're in quarantine, everything they do is on the screen and definitely a challenge. We've done uh, little things like, of course, having little printed devotions for people and the prayer life and everything, but also just reminding them that this is just a time. This is a season. It's a season in our world, our country, and in their lives. And trying to point them to a little broader view of history, to remember that these things do happen and they do come and go, but also to the Lord of history, the God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, that all things are in his embrace and all things are under his feet. So trying to remind uh, students about that, but it certainly has been a, a very significant challenge for us. What would you describe as the blessings and the burdens of campus ministry? The blessings are, I get to, on this campus, Concordia, Chicago, I get to work with an incredible music department that embraces the richness of our wonderful tradition. Just this morning, handbells and choir and organ and singing. Every day there's something really remarkable that happens in our our worship life. So I, I would say that the connection with the, the rich history of our Lutheran musical tradition is definitely a blessing. Another blessing is I, I get to meet with and recruit and help form and shape and send some of the most amazing people, young people that are excited about their faith and have a talent to serve. 
that are both talented, but also servants. So I think one of the great blessings is just knowing these amazing young people, having to be, getting to be a part of their life and their, the shaping of their lives, and then watching them go all over the world and serve the Lord. That is a, a great blessing. In terms of the burdens, I think one of the burdens is just the equation of time and energy. And I think this, many of your listeners will connect with this. We are finite beings and there's always more to do. It's not like you can say at the end of the day, okay, that's it. The Lord's work is done. Nothing more to do. Um, there's always more to do. And so you have to really steward your time and your efforts and your energy. Uh, and to realize that at the end of the day, it's the Lord's work. It's his church. It's his gospel. It's his love. But I think finite resources, being a finite human being, that's the doubter sometimes, as you probably both can relate to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. What is it like, you talk about all of these ways that you're able to to connect with students and you have professors on campus who who have their classes and, and they have their little microcosm of their students and their degrees, but your vocation on campus is, is very different from all of those. What is it like to have that opportunity to be able to, to reach out to everybody on the campus? I mean, it is amazing. I think that's the way I joke about it is Jesus said, go to all the nations, go to the ends of the earth. And then he's led in work. So you just stay right where you're at and we'll bring them all to you. I, and we want to be, want to be faithful to that. I stand before the Lord and he'll say, look, you didn't even have to go anywhere. You just have to like stay right there. And so we want to be even more faithful about bringing the gospel to, to the people that the Lord has brought to us. What's amazing to me is that I will have in the course of one day, maybe a Concordia pre-seminary student who's studying philosophy in Hebrew, and he'll come and just have something in his heart that he wants to share with me. And then I'll have just a random person that's on the football team that doesn't know anything about the Lord or the gospel or even the scriptures. And he'll come and just open up to me about something. So I, I in the course of one day, I'll have people from all these different backgrounds. And yes, they're they're different and their educational levels are different. Their sort of biblical knowledge is different. You've got the sweet spot when it's the same message. It might be not articulated in the same way, but we all need to know that our fears dissipate before the Lord, that the Lord loves us, that we have been redeemed, that his blood has cleansed us from all sin, that we have purpose and meaning uh, in the gospel. And so I, I think that's what it comes down to is a multitude of people and yet the same message uh, given in different ways. Today, we're talking with Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Leininger. He's a university pastor at Concordia University, Chicago. We have more to chat about uh, with Pastor Leininger in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. 
Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Leininger. He's university pastor at Concordia University, Chicago. Pastor, you've painted a really good picture for us here of what it's like to serve as a university pastor and what life is like for many students today, especially with some of the challenges we faced over the last couple of years. You recently, in the last couple of years, also wrote a book, Callings for Life, God's Plan, Your Purpose, a book from Concordia Publishing House. How do you hope this book will be helpful to to others and particularly even including those you serve right there in your own community at Concordia? Yeah, thanks so much, Andy, for letting me talk about it. The book was really inspired by my life on this university campus, although the book has really been applicable to many ages and old and young and families and congregations are using it for book studies of all different ages. I think the inspiration behind it started with Luther's, Martin Luther's um, theology of vocation, of course, his great rediscovery of the gospel for the church, but then also his rediscovery of this idea that that sacred we all have sacred callings they are happening there are many of them they're plural they're happening right now they're happening in the day-to-day life of this planet they are given to us by god they're not an escape from the world they're they're entering back into the world so really it really came from martin luther's theology of vocation this kind of misunderstanding that's out there in a lot of even Christian universities, well-meaning Christian universities and Lutheran universities, where the idea of the mis- misunderstanding is that there's one great thing that you're put on this planet to do, and you have to discover it in college. That's actually not the case. That's not really a biblical concept. So my inspiration was to help college students and people from all different ages and walks of life to understand that there are vocations happening right now, uh, that they are called to be faithful in them, and that they are sacred. They are God-given. How is that kind of uh, life-changing for someone, especially a young person in college, to to have a mindset shift from, oh, I have to find the one thing I'm going to do for the rest of my life, to, no, if you have these vocations right now that you're already doing, what does that mean for a young person to, to have that mindset shift? Yeah, thanks, Sarah. It is, it, it's both law and gospel in a real Lutheran sense. The law part is, holy cow, I have got a lot of things that are probably failing at right now. It's really easy, I think, especially in college to, you can be dismissive of being a good college student or being a good roommate or even being a good boyfriend or girlfriend, as long as you're going on this quest to find that great mythic seismic thing you're supposed to do in life, you can end up being dismissive of that. And so the kind of law application of this is that, no, you've got a lot of things right now, and these are important and godly and sacred to be going about. So it can be convicting for students, but also eye-opening and enlightening for them to begin to look around. I talk about, if you want to, if you want to know how you're called, just look at the faces and the places and the spaces, the, the faces, the people that you meet when you're walking down the street. The places, where do you live, work, and play? The spaces, what are the roles that you fulfill in, in the church and the world and society? So they look at that and they begin to see, there are a lot of things right now that I'm called to do. And most of the things that you're called to do are happening now, actually. You already have that. In terms of the gospel ap- application of this, or the, the gospel insight into this is coming back to our baptismal callings, our baptismal calling be the being the central foundational calling for everything. 
that because we have been redeemed by Christ, washed in his blood, given the Holy Spirit, we are free then. We are free to empty ourselves, so to speak, in the world around us because we don't have to earn our salvation anymore. God doesn't need our good works. We don't need our good works. Our, our neighbor needs our good works. So because we have been free in our baptismal calling, we are now free also to serve others. So I think both those aspects can be quite enlightening for young people. I think we've really gotten a good picture of what your relationship to the students is. What's your relationship to others? For example, what's your relationship to the pastors of these students who are coming to the university? What's your relationship to your fellow faculty at Concordia University? Yeah, I am uh, very much the pastor for everyone. So faculty and staff, although not as much time with them, I I do spend a lot of um, time with them in terms of just pastoral care. I'm very involved in the church relations of the university. I direct the pre-seminary program. So I, I wear a number of hats on our campus. In terms of the pastors of this, I always, if it's a, if it's a pastor or a parent, I always return their phone calls. <laughs> you want to get on that one right away. It's, they will come and preach in chapel, but also will maybe consult if there's, if there's a struggle that a student's going through or somebody's kind of falling through the cracks a little bit, we will definitely be in in contact and communication for the the good of our students. I have to say that it's a wonderful relationship. I think everybody at this university knows that the gospel is centered and that campus ministry here is not just put up with, but it's extolled and respected from the president, President Dawn, to the groundskeepers, to the faculty. They, They all really value what we're doing, and that feels wonderful to have that support. What kind of difference does it make for the students, but also for the pastors of these students to know that there is there is this worship life, there is word and sacrament ministry happening when these students are away from home, away from their home congregations? What difference does that make for these students? I might say in this way, a, a pastor slash parent said it in this way for me, which was very gratifying. There are a lot of universities out there whose there is an agenda to tear down the faith. That's just the way it is. And our agenda is just the opposite. Our agenda is to build up the faith. Yes, the Lutheran students that come to us and are studying to be uh, in in church work professions, but also the, the students that come from many different Christian backgrounds, we're here to build up the faith and we believe that we have we have the gifts of God here and that we can make a difference in their lives spiritually, eternally, but also in, in this world too. So I have to say, I think that if you're a pastor or a parent out there listening, Concordia Chicago for sure, but all of the Concordias, that's our agenda. That's our number one agenda. When I meet a, a parent or a student for the first time or when they're coming as a prospective student, I will say to them, our job is to build you up in the faith. And that's been a wonderfully gratifying experience for me. Earlier, you mentioned, in addition to worship, some of the other ways that students are involved and opportunities that support them in their faith. Can you share and maybe unpack some of those a little bit more? You mentioned Bible studies, servant events, and, and other opportunities. What are? Tell us more about those. We have a, a, a wonderful leadership team that we've developed that really is to 
empower our student leaders to help with the ministry, of course, supervised by the pastor and our university deaconess, Betsy Dodgers. So I can just describe things. So there's ministry with Chicago, and that's servant and servant-like activities in the Chicagoland area, whether it's working with the homeless or working with some of the Lutheran schools in the city of Sh Chicago. There's ministry with Concordia. That's the on-campus things like special lecture series, or we have a faith in film night where our, our theology or music or English professors talk about their favorite, their favorite films from a, from a Christian perspective. So that's ministry with Chicago. There's ministry with the world. We hosted the beautiful feet mission conference here. So that was a couple hundred people from all over the country, getting excited about learning about the mission of the church, getting energized about world missions. We also do some things with global Christian issues. We have an incredibly active pro-life group on campus that talks about the abortion issue, but also all the other life issues. We have CYM, which is Concordia Youth Ministry, and that's our students working with junior and senior high kids in the Chicagoland area. We have a specific student in each of the residential halls whose job is discipleship there. So it's a really robust and a program of, of spiritual life on campus. And what's great about it is that it's our students that are doing it. Many of them are training to be church workers. And so this is really on the ground training for them. Yeah, with all of these opportunities, how do all of these opportunities equip these students to move on into new vocations once they graduate? For sure, there's a there's just a knowledge component to it. You know, they, um, they learn how to do a Bible study or they yearn, learn how to do a, a retreat or a lock-in with the junior and senior high kids. So there's a knowledge component to it. There's also a Christian leadership component to it that they begin to see that, hey, I can do this. I, I can lead a team. I can organize an event. I can inspire people. So that is uh, a key component to it as well, just giving them the opportunity. Sometimes they fail, but also an opportunity to learn about their Christian leadership skills. But then I think thirdly, and maybe most importantly, is the spiritual component is as they are about the things of God and the ministry that's doing on, that we're doing on campus, they're also growing in their faith. They're also hearing the word and challenging one another in the word and delving deeper into the word so all three of those aspects, the, the knowledge and skills, the Christian leadership, and the just being immersed in the Word of God helps to shape our students for future ministry and vocation. Just about time for us to wrap up. Where can we find your book, Callings for Life, God's Plan, Your Purpose? You can find it at Concordia Publishing House, and uh, you can also check it out on, on Amazon. You can buy it at Target. And uh, there's also a, a free video series that goes along with it that Concordia Publishing House has produced. It's called A Faith Course. And so those are just five short videos that describe each chapter. So the book has really been used. It's for sermon series. It's for small groups in a congregation, young people, old people. And then the video series helps with it as well. The Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Leininger, University Pastor at Concordia University, Chicago. Thanks so much for joining us on the Coffee Hour today. Thank you. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.